It is nice on occasion to just open the podcast with a little bit of ambiance, a little bit of the, what the hell is the background going on today? Where is Mark this time? Well, let's see if one of the five of you listening to the podcast gives enough of a shit. <laughs> oh man, right out the traps with not only an irregular opening to the podcast, but an expletive as well. Welcome along. It is day 705 of the fellowship. Welcome back to the Read Indeed podcast. And I think maybe for the third time in the entire series, I come to you from a train station. Uh, where was I? First time I was in York. It's a couple of years back now. I think the last podcast I did from a train station was Birmingham. And I almost missed the train as a result of those ramblings. So let's see this time. And Reading, Reading is where I am. Let's see if these ramblings help or hinder me towards the next train, going from here to London, then from London back to Glasgow to keep a very special date with my four-year-old daughter, who's getting into Taekwondo at the moment. So I'll be back in Glasgow for hopefully bang on 6 p.m. and then jump ship, if you will, from the train station to the gym where her Taekwondo lesson is. It hasn't taken her many lessons to get up to the stage of being legitimately able to kick the shit out of her old dad. Um, that makes me proud. It makes me proud. My blood is flowing through her veins, and if uh, she decides to beat me up, so be it. Wow, okay. But anyway, yes, I'm in the train station because I'm trying to get back to her, trying to get back to family, but where have I been? That's what brings me to the podcasters. Um, a lot of reflections, actually, I wanted to bring to today's episode for you. So I have been around Reading, actually, out in the sticks in Berkshire, more specifically, at a manor house for a two-day boot camp training day. I've, I've not been there for the full time. I've actually parachuted in and out to get to a, a very specific part of it I needed to be here in person for. But anyway, cutting to the chase, it is the iCure Bootcamp. This is a very intensive 12-week workshop and market intelligence exercise to see how many different sectors might be served by the technology that our research team has produced. How, how do we figure out the best way or ways, plural, to get that technology into a packaged product and out to market? Who cares? Who needs it? Who wants it? And how does that differ across multiple sectors if indeed more than one sector needs what you have to offer? Or more interesting yet is what is the sector that actually needs what you have to offer after you pivot away from the one that you assumed to be the sector that is your first market? To put this more simply, this is a 12-week programme of making and breaking assumptions and what comes out the end of it is the shark tank or dragon's den like pitch to articulate what the business model is what the value proposition is and i'll come to these terms in terms some of you listening to this who are business savvy or entrepreneurs to trade will have heard those times many many times over to use times again um but some of you won't. You might be listening to this as a researcher who's f fancying dipping your toes in the water of business and entrepreneurship. 
but have thus far spent most of your career in the bubble of academia. This iCure event is, is one mechanism to get out of that silo and actually see how research can be made impactful and useful beyond worrying about the impact of the paper that you've written and that only your peers have ever read, but end users might never never see. Maybe a, a little jibe there to certain parts of academic metrics. That, that's another talk show, another episode. Uh, part of the book, You Are Not A Fraud, if you fancy reading that. There's a, I've not, not plugged the book in that way in a while. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ. I do go off in tangents. I don't know if this is brought about more by the fact I'm in a train station. You know, I'm still very self-conscious doing a podcast like this. I'm essentially standing right at the end of the platform talking to myself and slowly baking in the sun. I am looking at the platform that is covered in shade and that's exactly where my baldy head wants to be. But I'm out here right at the end of the platform because no one else is here. And if someone else decides to come and stand here or train spot, I don't actually know what I'll do. Am I still self-conscious enough that I'll stop the episode? Um, am I, have I now over that age where I can be a cantankerous older fart and give fewer shits as I go? I don't know. That's one of those things that you would try to predict behaviour, but you can only see what happens when the scenario plays out in real time. But anyway, I'm on my own. I have gone off down another tangent here. I don't know how I got to this. I think I was maybe just making an excuse for what I said a few moments ago. Anyway, back on course, iCure, iCure, iCure. Um, market intelligence, customer discovery, trying to see how best our research technology can be translated into a marketable, profitable, useful product. Now, what do I really want to tell you about today? A story that begins back in 2017. Let's go there. 2017 was the year that I started my independent academic career. It was my last year before being a dad. First year out of postdoc, second year married. A lot of interesting change at that time in my life. Professionally, the start of independent academic work was the main thing. I had an independent fellowship. Shout out to the Leverhulme Trust who backed me in those early days of academic life. Without them, I probably wouldn't be standing here right now. Under that fellowship, I had a three-year beautiful plan of this lovely area of chemistry that I thought was underexplored, and my new research team with me leading it was going to crack the nut on this underexploited bit of chemistry. Kick ass, take names, get it out there into the world. For those of you that care chemically, it was to do with um, catalysis using the metal manganese at the centre of these catalysts and getting them to do all sorts of chemical trickery that's normally done by far more expensive metals than manganese. But not long after starting that, I saw uh, another team in another university with more people, more money, more resources, more experience at the helm of the team, starting to do exactly what I had prescribed on paper was going to be the new thing that our team would do. In other words, to use the word that I used in a previous episode named as such, I was getting scooped and watching our research get scooped in real time. And to come to the expletive that has been the theme of the episode so far, I was shitting myself. Here I was right at the start of academic life, 
and the thing that I thought was going to pave my way into a sort of tenure track position was an idea that was no longer novel because someone else was doing it first. So what the hell do I do next? I hope you don't mind a brief interjection in the middle of this episode of the Read Indeed podcast. I wanted to share with you that, as weird as this is to say, the podcast is now sponsored by my book, You Are Not a Fraud, A Scientist's Guide to the Imposter Phenomenon, and the accompanying Imposter Syndrome Masterclass. Since I published the book back in August 2022, And since I spawned the Imposter Syndrome Masterclass workshop from that, it has grown arms and legs and allowed me to get that message about managing the Imposter Syndrome out to the world in ways that I couldn't have imagined in the beginning. But now that that is taking on a life of its own, it's allowing me to feed resource back into the podcast to to pay for the subscriptions that help me create the content, curate it and host it online. And that's why the podcast is now sponsored by it. So if any of the story of the imposter syndrome resonates with you, I would be delighted if you would check out the book or check out the imposter syndrome masterclass. That is, You Are Not a Fraud, A Scientist's Guide to the Imposter Phenomenon. That's available in ebook, paperback, hardback, audio, and now in French and Spanish translations. And the Imposter Syndrome Masterclass is a half-day workshop to help you and your group harness the tools that will alleviate your self-doubt and maximise your self-confidence before your next career challenge. I'll put the links in the description. Maybe it's not for you, but maybe it's for someone that you know. So please do share those links. And without further ado, back to the episode. Thanks for your time. I procrastinated for a long time. You know, I bought in some manganese things. I tried and failed to action some of the things that were on my original research plan, all the while watching paper after paper come out from this other team, essentially just beating us to the chase. So push came to shove at a point where I didn't have a new idea. It was only by exploring something that was a hobby, something that was outside the day job, something that I didn't think was connected to what we were doing, that the saving grace came. I said I started independent academia, academic life rather, in 2017. During my postdoc, I had started to understand a little bit more about programming, coding, Python, thinking computationally, building little games, little bits of software, just seeing what programming can do to automate a process. And at the end of that exploration, I've been talking a lot to my wife about the parts of that programming journey I was excited about. So for my birthday, I think this was in 2016, she bought me a Raspberry Pi. Um, So little credit card sized Many computer for those who don't know what a Raspberry Pi is. A Raspberry Pi is a foundation. Um, it helps introduce school kids to computer science and gives them a lot of control and a very early introduction to programmatic computational thinking. So I got one of these things and 
along with that came a little box of tricks, little sensors, little things that you could plug into the Raspberry Pi computer and program to get to do things for you. There was a sound sensor, there was some ultrasound stuff, there was a heat sensor, and all of these things that you could plug into the Raspberry Pi, write a few lines of code, and out on the terminal would pop the magical numbers that tell you what that sensor was picking up in real time. This was the first I'd ever been able to, you know, get that feeling that you get when you watch a hacker in a movie. It's like, oh, let's just let my fingers dance along a keyboard and some magic's going to happen and I'm going to crack into a system that's supposed to be uncrackable. The, the Raspberry Pi makes you feel that way very quickly. But one of the other tricks in that box was a little two centimetre squared camera module. And when I pulled that out, inserted the ribbon of the connector into the Raspberry Pi, I could then see that some of the numbers that could be programmed to come out of that thing were really telling you the story of colour in real time. And I took it into the office one day, I was using it as a tool to procrastinate on the panic of the fact that my research was being scooped from under me. But then, hiding away in a sort of side lab away from the main lab, I took that same Raspberry Pi, that same camera module, and pointed it at a little glass vial of water. And into that glass vial of water, I dripped in some red food dye. And it was also at that time, coming to a broader point I'll make again later about the magic of people. I had two undergraduate summer students, the very first summer students I ever had. Shout out to both Ben Clark and Mary Gibson who not only wanted to come and work with me, wanted to get experience over the summer, but after I told them I didn't yet have any money or resource to pay them and support them, they said, we don't care, we'll do it anyway. So what Ben and Mary helped do was take my seedling of a fuck about, to be quite frank, and see what they could do with it. They came into the lab over the summer, they'd done some Raspberry Pi projects that were off the shelf. I then turned their attention to this project with the little camera module. So they repeated the things I was doing with the, the food dye and the water and so on, stirring a few chemicals together and using the camera and programming the camera to pick up some of the colours and the story of that video over time, painted by numbers. Now, what came out the end of that, I still remember this, I actually still have it on my phone is that for the small team WhatsApp group that we had back then, they sent me a video that was the output of the code that they had written for this camera. And I was watching the video of food dye being dripped into water turned into a magical cascade of numbers, a graph that moved over time as the video progressed. And in that moment, the penny dropped so hard that it almost crushed my toes metaphorically speaking, I thought there, there's, a, there's something that could work here. There's, this is maybe a, if I don't pivot into this now, maybe I'll never pivot again. This could be the beginning or the end of academia for me. Ben and Mary have shown me something based on a throwaway idea that I had. They've turned it into reality, but where might we take it from there? Now, I told you I was baking at the end of a platform. A few people have moved close to me, so I've sort of 
moved even further to the end of the platform. I'm almost off the end of it, but I have now noticed that I'm running out of time before I need to get on my next train. So day 705, part one here endeth. Where are we at so far? I'm in Reading for an event run by iCure. Looking at turning a technology into a product for the marketplace. I've then gone back in time to tell you about a real panic moment in my professional career in 2017 and some magic that started to happen with a camera with the help of two heroic, kind, ambitious summer students, Ben and Mary. What comes next is the part of the story that ties that experience back in 2017 to why the hell I'm in Reading in 2023. More of that story to continue in part two and much more of it to do with people that are involved well beyond me. For now, take care. I'll be back very soon. I'll not promise that I'll be back here today, but I should be. I've got another train after this one, but part two will come for the rest of that story and the consideration will come at the end of it. But to make sure that every episode has a consideration in it, is for you and the work that you do, consider who have been the people pivotal to the success of the idea that started with you. You've not done it alone. Who helped along the way? Ben and Mary were at the very start of that story for me, and before them, my wife, who gave me this weird and wonderful gift to begin with. Who are the people who have created the stepping stones for you along the road to success? Day 705, part one, over and out. Take care, and I'll speak to you soon. All the best.